0: Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me
2: a hell, yeah!
1: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today wow imagine not loving professional wrestling boys what a night AEW dynamite grand slam just got (laughs) off the air we're here to talk about it it's top rope nation Uh, a couple of days early usually our episodes drop on friday we thought we got to do a show after this big wednesday event the right call kyle ross we're ready to talk some professional wrestling how you doing tonight
2: I am doing outstanding.
1: How could you not be (laughs) after that two hours? I mean, geez. Uh, Yeah. I
2: mean, I would say uh, on par or better than the best clashes
1: of all time. I mean, dude, it's up there. Justin Joint, you just got done dropping a bunch of money on uh, some new AEW merchandise, so I know you're feeling. How are you doing? That's that's how good that show was. Like, I need to give this company some of my hard-earned cash. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. Are there Ash Stadium, what did they say, 21,000 plus in attendance tonight in New York City? Um, I mean, they're taping right now. They're taping Rampage now for two hours as we are going to discuss what we saw on Dynamite tonight. We've got a lot of people joining us live. We're streaming on Facebook. We're on Twitch. We are on Twitter, YouTube, of course. And then this will drop in podcast format immediately after we get done. So if you are live with us right now, let us know in the chat what you thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. We'd love to have you involved in the show as we go. But I mean, I was kind of wondering how they would how they would start off this show you know like what the match layout would be knowing that they were going to tape 2 hours of rampage afterwards and uh i mean to lead off with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and to follow that with that CM Punk promo i mean that was the first 45 minutes of the show so it's going to be really interesting to see how this one does in the ratings uh raw i looked this up before now i can't remember it was it was around like a .48ish average i think for 18 to 49 i don't nine. know it's done four nine four nine. Yeah. Di- so dynamite has done better than that they were lower than that last week um but dynamite's done over 0.5 before so it'll be interesting to see if this show tops raw in 18 to 49 and and for the third week in a row beats raw on the demo um i don't know we, c- we could talk predictions for viewership if you guys want to but i mean just a ton of hype at least among the the hardcore audience coming in so you got to figure if anyone went wanted this show like oh, maybe i'll check it out and that match leads off They hooked him right off right from the start. So I thought it was a great way to start the show. What about you, Kyle?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to view the ratings pattern, I think. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we don't know that right now. Um, You know, there was nothing that was going to be able to follow that afterwards. I mean, one of the all-time great television matches in the history of this business. Um, That doesn't mean the rest of the show is bad. The rest of the show is good. But um yeah, it's a decision. We'll see if it played out, whether or not. Um, you know, they did over one point three million total viewers two weeks ago. You would figure they're gonna top that number. Uh if I was setting an over underline for this show total viewers, I would say one point four, which they've only hit once, right? Yep. For the debut. So
1: my prediction was one point four point five one. 18 to 49 that's that's gonna be my prediction but i mean yeah just you couldn't have started any better and we're gonna get into the match here in a second but justin joint i mean how how excited were you when that was the first thing right off the gate right out of the gate i was shocked until you give it some thought and you know and the fact
0: that it's a non-title match what you know why wouldn't you let the ladies go on last main event so the title because the title's on the line there Mm -hmm. um and like you guys are alluding to, it's really going to grab the viewers if you kick this thing off with uh, Flight of the Valkyries and uh, Brian Danielson. Um, and I, I thought uh, our, our good friend Zach Hadorn had a good tweet saying, you know, opening the show with this eliminates some of the clock watching that you might have otherwise.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the two keys why you they probably did open with this. Um, you know, if it goes on at 9.30 everyone's kind of assuming then okay they're going the distance here it puts some doubt in your mind i think internally and by internally i mean within the company there may have been some trepidation about timing out the show right too correct mm-hmm. like yeah I- if they put it on last then everybody's got to be out of that ring and this match has got to be ready to go at 9 30 there may have been you know some trepidation whether or not they could have done that and you also, want to pick the crowd back up for Rampage because, as you yes. said, Ryan, you tape in two shows tonight. Yes. So, if you put that on last for Dynamite, how's the crowd going to be for your second TV show? I think those were some of the factors in the decision making. I don't know. I'm sure Tony Khan will be interviewed. I'm sure he'll talk about it. But if I were, uh, you know, to make some educated guesses, that would be why what I think went into the thought process with putting this match on first. And I know, guys. Just an all time great moment. That live crowd losing its shit before Danielson and Omega mm-hmm. even locked up. You know, I tweeted you guys, I am fucking shaking right now. <laughs> I was watching that. Um, yeah. But hear me out. What if they would have started the show instead with Tony Khan in the ring kicking it to a hologram of Aretha? Oh, no, that's what I think
1: they should have done. Just really
2: rub it in their faces.
1: Oh, man. And maybe brought Alice Cooper out for good measure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think everything you said. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was was
2: recently in Millie Wake.
1: There you were.
0: (laughs) Personally, I would have started with a long like Darby Allen promo that leads to a singles match against Cash Wheeler that then leads into a tag team match. Uh, I I think that that makes for good wrestling television.
1: (laughs) I think I think everything you guys said for sure played into it. I think they wanted to hook viewers right from the start because this was a chance. You, You put Brian and Omega out there. This is a chance to do all time best rating. You got that atmosphere in New York City. So I think they're thinking about that. But then I also think, as you said, Kyle, they're thinking about we got two hours immediately after this to tape Rampage. And so if you do that, what they did, a 30 minute draw right before you do that. Yeah, I don't know if that would be the best the best slot for that. Plus, you know, it was cool to see Ruby and, and Britt main event this show too. You know, AEW has had a lot of criticism about their women's division, which I think is getting better and better. Um and so hey, I mean, I like to see those two out there getting the main event spot for sure. So,
2: so. let's talk about this match, shall we? Yes, because I I really would put it among the tippy top Mount Rushmore of television matches i've ever seen mm-hmm. i mean it was just it didn't feel like 30 no mm-hmm. you know i was like okay because you know i had jokes because we were talking all day on the facebook page what's the finish gonna be and time limit draw was certainly i think on the short list uh in terms of expectations uh in our group at least and when it went on first, I was like, all right, yep. I bet you they're doing I the irony of, you know, it going on. What I just said is, well, I, I kind of assumed it was going to the time when they put it on first, but you know, I, at one point I did look at my phone to actually respond to a tweet of yours, Ryan. And I was like, oh my God, it's like already eight Like I mm-hmm. assumed it was like eight 20 or something like that. That yeah. was a quick 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. That was the first time I looked at my phone. It was like 27 minutes into the broadcast. Well, I looked at it when the match started. I think it started four minutes after the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. And so when I looked at my phone, I'm like, my God, they're almost 25 minutes in already. It was, it was crazy how fast it went. Justin, what about you?
0: The the exact same thing. I I think it was about 25 minutes into the show when I first looked at the time and it's like, Holy crap, this is flying by. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to the, the crowd and that atmosphere and Arthur yes. Ashe Stadium, because that's a great, incre- you know, and then opening the show, you know, the first thing you see basically is a giant sign that says New York belongs to AEW, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I also saw a lot of tweets from uh, uh, people I, you know, wrestling people that I respect on Twitter saying this is one of the hottest, loudest crowds they've ever been a part of.
1: Yeah, I mean, it came across on TV. The, the mm-hmm. ovation Brian got when he came out was insane. And then right before the, you know, I guess they rang the bell right away. And then they just kind of took in the atmosphere for a while. And it was just a crazy atmosphere. This is this is only the fourth time Omega and Brian have ever shared the ring together. Uh, they had two Ring of Honor triple threats. One of them involving Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. Another one involving Cesaro. They worked one singles match together in PWG way back in 2009, 4,546 days ago. So it's been a long, we've seen it before, but it's been a long, long time, obviously way before either guy hit it big on the national scene. And yeah, they delivered about as good as you could, I thought in in this situation. And, you know, we talked about trying to predict what they're going to do. Is Brian going to win to set up a rematch at full gear? You know, they had already, you know, kind of done that with Christian in August. I think the time limit draw, I mean, I got to be honest, I think that's the right decision. You don't see it that often in pro wrestling. Um, you think of, you know, obviously like the Sting match with Flair comes to mind at, at the first clash. It it can be done right and it can mean a lot. And I think as hot as that crowd was, and to not get a clear cut winner, they were a little pissed at first. But as it dragged on and the elite came out and everything, I think they, then they were accepting of it. And I'm, we're going to see the rematch. Obviously, I think this is a great way to set up the rematch to be for the title. And I I mean I don't have any qualms with how they booked this. What about you, Kyle?
2: No, I think. You know, again, there's always a disappointment. You know, when a match ends in a draw or, or your favorite mm-hmm. doesn't win. But I, I think the AEW crowd, you know, is all going to take a step back and be like, "Yeah, this was the right call." Um, do you do a 60 minute draw the next time they work on pay per view?
1: <laughs> no one would complain. I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to say do, no, but you
2: know, you, you know what's so crazy about this match, and I, I'm assuming you guys would agree. As great as it was, it. Definitely feels like they've got a better one in them too. That's what's scary. I mean, this was like a near perfect match and there's no doubt in my mind, you give them more time. They're going to, they're going to be even better. You know, this was Brian's first match um, in forever. And, you know, I, I liked the story of the match at least early on was, all right, here's a guy first match in a while, new promotion, and he, he's kind of a step slower than the champion. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. Um, the uh, snap dragon suplex on the outside was absolutely tremendous. And I thought set the tone. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, you know, with his, you know, the neck, that always gets sympathy when people – um Oh, that's funny. Okay. I was like... I, was like, I saw the comment right. first. That yeah. distracted me, and I saw the first line. I saw somebody send the show. I absolutely hated the show tonight. I was trying to study those plans. With show, but I only read the first sentence. I'm like, who the sorry fuck is this thing? The they hated thought, but the I show. Like,
1: I like the comment, Bianca. That's You great.
2: know yeah. how easy it is to mess with my train of thought, right? I'm like a
1: cat. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Uh, Bianca checking in the I don't know, chat saying one. I
1: hated the show. I was trying to study. Yeah. Those plans went to shit. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so... But but yeah, I mean, you know, the Snapdragon Suplex set the tone and Brian as the match kept going on and on, you know, he was getting better and better. It was it was just perfect. It was absolutely perfect for a you know, a guy first match in the promotion against the world champion. I don't think he could have done it any better.
0: Yeah, he he gave us the uh cattle mutilation, which was an amazing mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. Definitely popped the crowd. Yeah, that this was a smart crowd too that knew it the spot yep. right away. Yeah, I I loved, uh, I think it was right after the dragon suplex on the ramp where uh, Kenny went running down the ramp with the huge V trigger and kind uh of followed that up with the, the buckle bomb that sent Brian over the top, which embarrassingly made me gasp.
2: (laughs) But, But that's the thing though, when you've got that injury history and you're careful enough and play into it, it works.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah Justin you always kind of notice the subtle things on the wrestling show so I wanted to throw this to you because one of the things that stood out to me was that even though as Kyle mentioned like he was kind of a step behind Omega like stylistically it was a totally different Brian Danielson than you saw in WWE I mean it, that really came across and you're like okay the American Dragon is back I thought that definitely he was working even on offense like in a, at a quicker pace than you've seen him work in WWE in many years and it it initially like when i'm watching that it stood out to me like you can see that wwe style and how that affected his work because this guy you know he's been in that company for a decade and like dude he can still work hard you know he could work fast like he did way before he ever signed with wwe it was like i don't know i I noticed he's like a little more aggressive a little cockier as he worked and uh, that stood out to me did you notice a difference from his wwe work justin
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it it was a much faster style. If this had been a WWE match, you know, the first 10 minutes would have just been, you know, rest holds and, Mm -hmm. you know, really slow moving. And it really would have felt like a 30 minute match. But no, this was this was almost, you know, strong style. uh, Brian Danielson, Kyle. Yeah.
2: You know, though, on that point, what's interesting is. I think he actually worked both quicker. And took his time more. Like at the beginning, they were definitely taking their time and everything mattered. It wasn't mm-hmm. taking their time where things were boring, it was everything that happened mattered. It was kind of like Flair Steamboat-esque, where the little things were big deals. I agree. You're right, but you're at the, the point is well taken, right? He very much and there's gonna be people who get very upset that we're saying this, but I don't give a damn. Okay. <laughs> he was very much cleansing himself over the course of that half hour of the WWE style. You know the WWE it's so trope filled and obvious what's going to come next, you know. Mm-hmm. This was Brian Danielson going back to like you said the the pre-WWE.
0: Yeah. So kind of coming off of that point, you know, speaking of the WWE WWE style and whatnot. Uh we've already said this is one of the best television matches we've ever seen. Is this better than Any of his WWE matches?
2: I love that question so much. (laughs) Um, So, what's his his best WWE match, the Cena match at SummerSlam? Yeah. Off the top of my head, that's in terms of singles matches, that would be number one. The
0: Sheamus match was pretty good.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Hunter match at WrestleMania is mm, very good. And one. you know me. Yeah. I mean, I'm never one to hesitate to take a pot shot at Paul Levesque. Uh Get well soon, by the way. But, uh, you know, those are like kind of like his two fate, my two favorite singles matches, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah.
1: And this was like
2: on par, if not better than both those. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm. Kyle, you mentioned the Facebook group. And by the way, if you guys are not in our Facebook wrestling discussion group, join up. Uh, there's a link here on YouTube in the description and then in the podcast description as well. Uh, you mentioned that this, this match was kind of an homage to both Flair Steamboat and Savage Steamboat, I believe you said. Do you want yep. to explain your comments?
2: Well, yeah, they did the backdrop spot. Nothing warms my heart more than the heel making the just like blind charge at the baby face on the ropes and the baby face back drops him over. I did, like that spot will always, always, always make me think of WrestleMania three. Yeah. So I thought that was nice how they put that in, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just thought, you know, with the trading of the chops earlier and just two guys taking their time and a feeling out process early on, it felt like, you know, the flare steamboat matches a little bit where it was, you know, it was two guys trying to make it an athletic contest
1: mm-hmm yeah agreed so i mean i thought just brian you know knowing his history with the uh with the neck issues and, and the head issues and everything for him to take the uh the dragon suplex on the ramp to take it off the top i mean <laughs> jesus christ yeah. oh, insane and,
2: and, you know and you mentioned that this kind of jogged by you know a thought um because jim ross had a good reaction to that spot. And I thought Jim Ross did a great job uh, calling this match. You know, mm-hmm. I know Jim sometimes, you know, can run hot or cold on these telecasts and, and Twitter. will definitely tell you uh, which he is, but I thought he was pretty good during mm-hmm. that match. You, you can tell when he's really into something on with this product and when yeah. he's maybe not so much, he was very much into this and going back to that reaction at the beginning, This felt like just, you know, one of the biggest matches in the industry in recent memory. And it's so funny that it felt that way coming on the heels of Brian, what he said in an interview. I don't know if it was today or yesterday uh, when he's about
0: apples being come from trees.
2: No, he did definitely (laughs) say that, though. And I can't believe he said that. But he also and this is not as humorous as that. But he said that this match with Omega is the biggest match of his career. Bigger than him main eventing WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And this felt had like the vibe of like a WrestleMania, like the big WrestleMania main events. Yeah. Right? I mean 100 percent Guy who said it's a guy who made a event at WrestleMania six months ago or whatever, five months ago, said he felt nothing. Yeah. Nothing.
0: Yeah. I I bet he felt some tonight, that's for sure. Yes. Absolutely.
1: So do you guys think we're going to get the rematch of full gear? you think it will drag it out longer than that or do it earlier? It wouldn't surprise me
0: at all if they do it sooner. Although, I mean, having already had that one on TV. um, Yeah. You kind of have to to make money off of it,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, but also Tony Khan isn't the kind of guy who waits, you know, to put a match on. You know, I was... We're getting uh, Miro and Sammy Guevara this Wednesday. I thought that that's something they might have held off on.
2: For <laughs> yeah, a I, that's a great point by you. Every time I'm like, okay, I'm going to pencil this in for full gear. They're like, nope, we're going to put that on TV. <laughs> 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 they, they do the whole time. So uh, you know, they always keep you guessing at that last minute about the pay-per-view cards. I, I do think you would have to do a rematch on pay-per-view. Because um, if, if you went like... I don't know. I mean, if, if if you did want to go longer, it's tough on TV. I mean, I guess, you yeah. you know, you, you have three hours of TV per week, so it can be done. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing two TV matches, then pay-per-view, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and they can certainly play off of uh, Kenny Omega's tweet afterwards where he said, no, there's going to be
1: no rematch. <laughs> the, great the
0: Rocky thing. line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: A great thing for a heel champion to say, too.
1: Yeah. Um, Daniel Ortiz checking in in the chat. Patron of the show, Danny, thank you for your support. He says, were you guys a little disappointed that Hangman didn't come out to save Danielson? What do you think, guys? I hadn't even thought about him. I mean, I
0: I think it's okay saving that moment just for it being about Omega and Daniel Bryan. Agree. Um, you know, let, let Christian and Jungle Boy run out and make the save and save uh, Hangman Page for another day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had thought that it was maybe a possibility... Just because, okay, they're doing this match now uh, with Omega and Danielson. Maybe they're going to kind of uh, detour a rematch, right? Where you could do, where Adam Cole could uh, cost Danielson the match. Not necessarily make him lose, but just, you know, interfere. And you could do Danielson-Cole and Paige-Omega. But I'm fine with it. It's just, you have to pick a, a direction. And, and they picked obviously to continue this omega danielson issue and i'm fine with that this Mm -hmm. is a this was a win-win which is what you want as a booker right yeah Mm -hmm. um and i and i don't know what what page's personal is right now if that was even considered
1: yeah guys before we go any further i just want to mention if you are listening and if you're live with us right now on youtube facebook wherever you are watching uh do know that we drop our shows on podcast feeds wherever podcasts are available we're on apple podbean spotify stitcher uh please subscribe on all those feeds it helps us out a lot leave us a five-star rating and uh, i mentioned patreon a second ago danny was checking in our chat he's a proud patron of the show uh we had two people join the patreon this page so a special shout out to peter and chris appreciate your support that got us over 25 patrons we're now at 26 patrons and i had something special promised when we hit 25 Yes, indeed. I published it tonight. The unreleased cut (laughs) of Top Rope Nation Extra. The Kyle Ross solo pod that he was so pissed about. I got to tell you guys, he was so angry that night that I jumped (laughs) on the next day and we re-recorded it. He didn't want it released, but then I I hung the carrot out there. I said, all right, guys, I will release it if we get to 25 patrons. And yes, we did. It is available right now on Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash (laughs) Top Rope Nation. (laughs)
2: not to you know shoot the carrot or whatever it's probably to like a total letdown like it's nowhere near as bad as i made. it's not not as bad as as you said it was i I I don't like i was was just irate because like i don't know i didn't have good notes
1: (laughs) you were distracted yeah but but i do want to say with with patreon quick we'll get back to dynamite in a second so bear with me here but we recorded an awesome podcast this past weekend here's a screenshot of it this is the video feed as we recorded. It. it has not been released yet, but if you're looking right now, that is the great stoned. Liam O'Rourke. The great <laughs> Liam <laughs> Liam O'Rourke, award-winning author, uh, 2017 Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Book of the Year on Brian Pillman. He's a patron of the show, longtime supporter of Top Rope Nation. He jumped on with us for this month's Top Rope Nation Classics. It's a monthly bonus show we do exclusively on Patreon. And we looked back at WWF, one night only 1997. We had Liam on the show because he was at the event. It was a ton of fun. I will be dropping that in the next couple of days. In fact, I've already started mixing it, I've been pulling the bonus audio and all of that. So that's going to be coming out on the Patreon page probably before this weekend, and you'll be able to hear the full thing. It's over two hours in length. One of our best editions of classics we have ever done. Could have been three. Uh, so, could, definitely could have been three. We recorded Ryan this Saturday morning. would have had a divorce, though. Yeah. <laughs> we all may have. The kids. My it. kids were getting crazy <laughs> as we recorded. Uh, so I'm like, all right, guys, we got we to gotta go. But no, two, two plus hours. Great show. Dropping on Patreon very soon. The, there will be a teaser hitting, I think, next Friday, our regular podcast feed. You'll be able to hear the first 15 minutes. Uh, but the only way to hear the full show, become a patron. There's, I think, 22 editions of Top Rope Nation Classics now in the archive, plus... Another 27 editions of Top Rope Nation Extra, which is a weekly bonus show we do only for Patreon. In fact, we're going to be doing one this Friday night. Uh, It might just be me. I don't know if the guys can (laughs) jump on. We haven't even talked about it. I will for sure be doing it on Spotify Green Room Friday night. A bonus show every single week. The only way to hear that is on Patreon. The link is here in the, the video and the podcast description. So check that out and see how you can you can support the show. It's the best way to support us. Uh so uh let's see. I'm checking the chat now. The CM Punk promo. I mean, what a way to follow the opening, the 30-minute time limit draw. CM Punk comes out of course gets a great reaction from the crowd. He's wearing the band Air Jordan 1s, the red and black version, uh the Jordan wore with, with the Bulls back in 85. Awesome. Don't think I've ever seen CM Punk wearing Jordans before, but hey man, as a Chicago guy, it makes a lot of sense. And uh he talked about of course, you know, Taz guys attacking him last week. And we talked about this on the pod last week how we might see, you know, the more aggressive CM Punk for the first time in this promo. He's been Pretty much the whole time he's been back, it's been happy-go-lucky CM Punk. And he played into that in this promo tonight. He talked about how these guys are trying to take that away from him. How every time he comes out, he's overjoyed to hear Cult of Personality. He's overjoyed to hear that crowd response. And Taz's guys, Hobbs, they're trying to take it away. And he said, you are going to get that more aggressive side of him eventually. And he, he kind of played into that a little bit tonight but not quite yet uh justin joint what did you what did you like what did you think about cm Punk's promo tonight
0: uh a little distracted from an angry kid during it but uh of what i did catch you know weeks ago i think i even called out that he had pretty major like cm dad energy vibes about him (laughs) um and you know that's what he addressed but it's also like he's just happy to be back and there's nothing wrong with that and he'll get around to being the the angry you know snarky cm punk at some point but yeah as of right now you know he's just having a good time what about you kyle I
2: thought it was a great promo q wade keller uh with the meta references i'm sure on his podcast <laughs> he'll, he'll be saying meta 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 uh to recap that um but yeah i i thought i thought it was great how he played off kind of what fans are wanting from him and you know, weaving it into the storyline. Punk's been great on social media too, all week. Yeah. The 93,173 tweet that he had. I I think after he beats Hobbs (laughs) on Rampage, he should spend the next 20 years talking about how, you know, he broke every, uh, you know, tendon in his back, slamming Hobbs. (laughs) The 500 pound Hobbs. Yeah. Who then died shortly after. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't know Hobbs was going to go up until that moment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, I want to shout out too I I just listened to this today Uh, Punk, you know, he's been great just listening to these interviews lately and being happy to be back around wrestling and and to come back with AEW, he did a great podcast interview, it's a drop in character podcast with uh, Robbie Ramos who is one of the stars of Heels that Punk was on a couple episodes ago, well worth checking out, check out the uh, the drop in character podcast, I I really enjoyed that listening to over the last couple of days but uh, Justin, go ahead. I was just going to shout out
0: the one thing I definitely did catch that I enjoyed was him saying at the very beginning, it's like, how is anybody supposed to follow that match?
1: Oh, man, no kidding. <laughs> That's for
0: sure. It kind of got a
2: weird reaction from the crowd. like uh, Like the current, like, yeah. I think the crowd just wanted to actually cheer him, which was ironic because <laughs> he's like, no one can follow that match. But the crowd's like, yes, you can.
1: I thought it was perfect placement because you you follow that and then they throw up the graphic on the screen. Up next, CM Punk. Like, all right, we're going to keep the strain rolling.
2: Look, I mean, they had to fight, you know, him being the only quote-unquote non-wrestling segment of the show, you had to put it in the right place and that was the right place. There would have been no other segment uh, on this show that wouldn't have died a a little bit or I don't know, died, that might be too strong a term, but um, it would have been tough getting him you know, going after that match. But Punk was perfectly placed with that promo. Yeah,
1: And then this was the first time uh, during the show, for me at least, where it was a little bit, it it settled down a little bit. We got MJF and Brian Pillman Jr. I thought that going back to that event they had in Cincinnati, they've built up this match well. Uh, Brian's definitely not ready for a singles run yet, though. This was his, and we talked about this on the pod before, this was his chance to kind of come out there and prove that he could succeed as a single I think what he's doing with the blondes right now in the tag team is great he should be there for a while though still I mean this match was mm-hmm. it was okay but uh Brian is he's a little slow in the ring I think that that showed for me tonight um mjf you know it was one of those things where he's got to beat him and, and then move on to something else what did what did you guys think of this match uh Kyle. you can almost sorry so you go ahead Justin
0: yeah. uh, you you can almost hear pillman like thinking about the match when he's doing moves like you said, he's definitely he's really raw um and it definitely seems like he's just doing moves instead of competing in a wrestling match Mm. um i I did like the beginning you know with the way mjf has been talking about his family you know mjf offering the handshake and, and pillman just taking him down and doing punches but i totally agree with you i i think He needs to stay in the the tag team division for now, uh, unless they change his name to Brian Breaker, in which case, you know, maybe he could get a big push.
1: That's what you got to do with these uh, second generation guys.
0: Yeah. Um, I
2: wonder if this feud would have even been necessary had MJF not lost to Jericho at the pay-per-view. Right? Because... MJF is obviously a guy who you're keeping at the top of the card, losing mm-hmm. the paper. So you've got to do something to kind of, you know, reinvigorate him. I don't know if that's the right term, but I'll use it anyway, as a top heel. Yeah. And, you know, normally I'm a guy who advocates for baby faces getting revenge, but I agree with you guys. Pillman Jr. is just not at MJF's level. And I, I don't think anyone's going to make the argument that, you know, he deserves a big singles push you know above what he's getting right now I, I think the varsity blondes is a good spot i think one of the strengths of aw is most people are at their correct spot mm-hmm. on the card and you know i think this was a way to test the waters what can he do as a single um if you'd want to break the blondes up moving forward you can do that I mean I don't know what you could do and gel you know maybe one of them starts dating Julia I don't know how old are they pillman and Griff you have to be careful because she's only 18 <laughs> and you don't want you don't want twitter.com to get after you but
1: oh um, Brian jr he's not 30 yet he's getting close though I think
2: okay well I don't know maybe maybe you could, you could do something but I I agree with you I think the you know as a tag team right now they're fine and underneath baby face tag team that's a good role I I just don't think he looked good in any of the segments in this feud. Um even like last week when he didn't hit MJF with the chair, that was like really awkward. And then there was yeah. something two weeks ago too, like I don't know, him and Griff just kind of came across as I don't know. As losers too harsh, but like, you know, like <laughs> they kind of like just like were, you know, handed their lunch by the heel and that that's that's no good. It just it, MJF is just simply more important in this promotion than Brian Pillman Jr. And uh, not only deserved to win this, but deserved a clean win, which
1: he got. I thought the match was a little too long. too. Uh, he's 28 years old, Pillman Jr. Pil- okay. It up. Yeah. yeah,
2: you can get away with that in a year or something if you want. I mean, the whole varsity <laughs> thing. I mean, they're wearing letter jet, letterman jackets, yeah. cheerleaders. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a if you want to break them up, it seems like that'd be a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Not saying they should break them up anytime not soon. Not
1: yet. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to uh, Cody and Malachi Black. So, <laughs> now, the, now, <laughs> now the build to this obviously was great. I thought you know the Black Mass to to Cody and when he left for several weeks was awesome. They replayed that in the video package. I mean, he really took that out of the chin. Uh, you know, his return and the brawl was was good recently. And then here in New York City. Cody definitely playing into the, uh, the Homelander comparisons with the boys when he came out with this new ring gear. I mean, it was just like out of, out of that show on Amazon and yeah, some people were kind of shocked by the response. I wasn't, I mean, if you've been watching wrestling a long time, you know, the New York crowds are traditionally very, very hard on, uh, white meat, baby faces, so to speak. And Cody got a mostly negative response from the crowd. I mean, they were, they were definitely behind Malachi and knowing the New York audience, I was. Pretty predictable going in, don't you think, Kyle?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Malachi Black's been getting superstar reactions every week on television. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not going to happen for everyone who jumps from WWE mm-hmm. here to AEW, but man, I mean, he's got to be feeling good about his decision making right now, about where he's at. I mean, the crowd has taken to him like a star. As for Cody and the reaction, I think, you know, having Brandy out there, maybe. You know, didn't help. Um, It was nice to see her, though. It was. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, you know, giving birth is the toughest job in the world. And my hat's off to you. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, nothing got me booing more than her trying to leech off the Malachi Black sit in the ring thing. And she did it and like flipped them off. And she thought she was so cool. And she (laughs) was not cool. You didn't like that? I liked (laughs) that. I liked it. I thought
1: it was humorous.
2: If it was anyone else besides Brandy, I think I would've liked it. So I just I just I thought with it. her she was just trying too hard and you, you just knew it was gonna have the reverse uh uh reaction that that it was intended. I think people like in their heads they're like, Ooh, look at her, what a badass. And everyone's like, No, you're not cool. We still see well, Malachi right she Black said
1: F you, which was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, we still <laughs> wanna see Malachi Black kick your husband's ass.
1: So as Danny, Thank Cody to, won,
2: I, I was nervous during this. I was like, God, they cannot put Cody over here.
1: <laughs> Danny in the chat, Arn versus the ring apron might be feud of the year. So damn it, Arn. <laughs> what they did at the finish. So bef- before they did this, uh, Arn like fell off the apron, apparently. And yeah. then he got back. Then he got back up there. Everyone was confused. I was wondering, like, is there something up with him medically? Like what just happened? Everyone's kind of looking off to the side. He gets back up there. Runs into Cody. They play up this dissension between Cody and him. He shoves Cody. Basically was telling him to get back in the ring, but there was like, ooh, what's going on here? Are they splitting up? And uh eventually he he gets into the ring and uh takes a takes a shot to the face, hits Black, had the black mist to Cody's face, covers him, gets the victory. So once again, Malachi Black over Cody Rhodes. Nobody can fault Cody putting people over we've talked about this before too like the dude has done everything the last couple years to put over other guys and do do it the right way despite being one of the top decision makers in the company
2: yeah i i think repeating the brody lee feud where you know he took the time off came back and won and Mm -hmm. i love that dog collar match for the record that they had but i think repeating that scenario would have been a grave error here um They've they've got you know a lot of mileage with this black. Like I said, he's getting superstar reactions every week. Part of me would have absolutely loved to see Arden slide into the ring and DDT Cody. The heel <laughs> turn. Although that crowd would have lost it mm-hmm. shit if he would have done that. man Arden's looking, you know, God, look. I think we're all, we've all put on a few pounds in the last couple of years, but man, Arden's looking round. <laughs> he's he is yeah. looking round.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it was fine though, for what it was. I mean, the crowd was really into this and, uh, I mean, the dynamics of Malachi getting cheered, Cody getting booed, made it interesting to me at least. So I thought it was good.
0: That's kind of my big question coming out of it is, you know, as you alluded to Ryan, you know, you had to have kind of known or at least not been surprised that Cody was going to get booed. Um, I've certainly been in favor of booing him for a few months now but with that ending with you know the kind of the back and forth miscommunication between him and arn and then in the the corner where cody was seemingly getting very frustrated with maybe that situation and you know just dealing with the heel where he pushed or kind of elbowed the ref away which i mm-hmm. thought it was going to be it looked like a dq to me uh, obviously it was a, it was a, a heel finish with the mist but i don't some of that kind of felt like them Knowing that the destination is Cody to be a heel.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, was it unique to New York? I mean, it's not like he's not gotten a negative reaction in this promotion before. I think they're gonna I don't know if they've gone a hundred percent that he's gonna be heel. I I don't know if they should be a hundred percent right now. I think they should kind of play it by ear. Let's I mean, if he's getting booed every week, then it's obvious. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, who knows? I, it's yeah. way too early for him to get revenge on Malachi black. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah. I, I will say, uh, Cody did a very good job playing off the booze. It was very, uh, uh, the rock when Roman reigns won the Royal rumble and mm-hmm. kind of taking a look around it's like you well. know, he, he's noticing.
2: Well, yeah, that was, I think The Rock was like, seriously, you fucking flew me in for this?
0: <laughs> flew me in to stand next to this asshole
2: you knew was going to get booed? Who booked this shit? I, I did like, and I'll give credit where credit's due, Chad Campbell tweeted at the start of the match, is Art on the hot seat because of his game plan the last match? Because they were like arguing right from the start.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, he also had yeah. another one of my favorites right after the Omega oh, Danielson match. He said two and three quarters. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um so they announced Miro and and Sammy Guevara for next Wednesday night TNT title match. That'll be a big one. That'll be and, a great
0: dynamic. I, yeah. That that promo where he's talking about his god and his wife and uh his god he demands pain and she demands pleasure. Sometimes pain too. I I that cracked me up. That was really good. He he deadpanned that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bianca checking in. Cody has said he would retire before turning heel in AEW. Yes, he has. He has said that, but uh, I don't know about that. I, I think <laughs> Prom- I think he can... Promises just, he, are broken.
2: He can just play... I mean, unless if it's just like where the crowd is just shitting on him every week, Yeah, I think he's going to fight his way through it.
1: He doesn't have to full-on turn, yeah. I mean, by but, God, uh, you see his father in 1988
2: Crockett, for God's sake?
0: Yeah. It's about that, fighting is such
2: through a, it.
1: that is such a weird
0: thing to dig your heels in about like why wouldn't yeah. you
1: want to turn heel yeah. so much more fun to be a heel um
0: maybe
2: yeah. wwe truly wasn't the place for him huh?
1: <laughs> 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 all it is is heels yeah. yeah heels on top at least uh <laughs>
2: Zero, right. another guy like malachi black just you know <laughs> not regretting their decision making mm-hmm. going from the morass of the wwe mid card to greener pastures in AEW.
1: If Miro is God's favorite champion, does that mean Malachi is the devil's favorite son, Danny? I don't know, Yes, indeed. Send that, to so. Send that
2: to Tommy Send that to Tommy That sounds like one of his promos.
1: <laughs> it does. I thought, well, I thought, week. by the way,
2: the promo he cut on Road 2, the special. I don't know if you guys watched the YouTube special preview in tonight's show. Uh his promo was one of his best ever. I thought Kenny Omega's promo was one of his best ever as well. Nice throw that out there
1: how about FTR with Tolly Blanchard taking on Sting and Darby Allen Sting at 62 years old looking great out there guys I thought yeah. I mean this guy looked great in the ring and I think uh, someone in our Facebook group said it uh, might have been Michael. Can't remember talking about how, like, look how WWE kind of wasted this guy when they brought him back. I mean, what a
2: horrible was, 2015 Jesus, run that was. Six
1: years ago, we're six years later, and this guy's still delivering. He looked great in the ring. I think you know the way they laid out the match was perfect to his strengths. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the crowd obviously overjoyed to see him in this setting, on this in this massive, massive crowd. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't worked a show in front of this many people, and since WrestleMania 31. And, uh yeah, he he was great. I mean, it seemed like on social media to me, the match was good. I liked that FTR wore, like, the NWO-inspired tights. That was a cool callback G- to Sting's old G- feud. Okay. I was also wondering if that was maybe a nod to Big E and the New Day, because New Day yeah. had been wearing the Wolf Pack.
2: I'd seen NWO some people tie. talk oh, about okay. that. Yeah.
1: yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, that was a nice touch, too, and, and you know, it was a, a pretty good match. I thought the coffin drop that Darby hit at the finish on the ring apron was crazy looking. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, overall, it seemed like, at least on my social media feed, everyone was talking about, like, how impressive Sting looked in this match. And, hey, man, testament to a guy. at 62 years old. He got there and deliver still.
2: Yeah, and you know what else? We talked to earlier about guys being in the right spot on the card, and Sting is, like, in the perfect role for him, and you know... You know, AW is a strong promotion and has strong people on top because you're not hearing, like, these inane takes, like, I think Sting deserves another run with the title. I mean, because that'd be stupid. (laughs) Right? But, like, he's perfect where he's at. Tag teaming with the young guy, you know, hanging around with the young guy. He can come in and do his spots in a tag match. FTR, I, I have not had a chance to check it out, unfortunately. Been running around been kind of busy this week. But I heard their match on Dark this week was among the best in Dark history. So... I've got to check that out too. They they're doing good work uh, apparently, um not just on this show but all week long. And yeah, uh I thought it was the second best match on the show.
0: I I think Sting's really missing out on having left WWE. He could be a four-time 24/7 champion by now at this point <laughs> in his career.
2: Remember when he shows up at Survivor Series to confront the Authority, big reaction. Huge baby face. People loving it. And then by WrestleMania, WWE turned it into this like shitty extension of the Monday Night Wars. And he just loses because he was the WCW guy. (laughs) Who did he lose to, by the way?
1: Trips had to get that win. You guessed it. Had to get that win. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, one of the other things that stood out to me watching this is because I've heard some people, uninformed people mostly say stuff like, Oh, AEW." It's just like WCW, they're taking all these old guys and well first of all in WCW those guys actually weren't that old, but like the difference between AEW and WCW is that in WCW they brought in the the WWF guys and they never made anyone really that was younger. You know, like they were positioned as the top guys and they pretty much stayed the top guys until the company went out of business. But you look at AEW, Where they sign these people that have, you know, been in other promotions, WCW way back in the day, like Sting, WWE, but they're coming and they're using them the right way to elevate young talent. You know, you look at CM Punk, and who's he work with in his first match? Darby Allen. Yeah, they're using an old guy like Tully Blanchard, but they're putting him with FTR. You bring in Sting, but he's working alongside Darby Allen. You know, one of the the hottest faces in the promotion, but to elevate him a little bit more. So I think. There's this disconnect bef- between some people who are like, oh, yeah, it's just like WCW bringing in the WWF cast off guys. But it's not because they're doing it the right way where they're elevating the next generation so that this company can go on and on, hopefully. Right. So,
2: I mean, I'll take it a step further. I think people who don't see the beauty in performers moving promotions are just stupid and don't understand professional wrestling, quite frankly. <laughs> That's how it's always worked.
1: Yeah. That's, That's how it's always I mean, worked.
2: You know, we'll talk about this on Sunday. I know our next show is
0: Extreme Rules. Mm.
2: But, um, (laughs) or at least the next time I think I'm going to be with you guys here on Sunday. Um, But, you know, it it seems like WWE is kind of doing a cleansing of its mid-card right now. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Because it's stale. We've been talking about it for years. They have a stale mid-card. We just want guys to move. It's not stealing guys from WWE. It's people just having nothing left to do in WWE and wanting to work for a new promotion. That's the way we into a new territory. Been. Yes. Yeah. That's the, it, people who are significantly younger than us, 10 to 15 years, I'll guess who just have kind of grown up with one national U S promotion freedom of movement is where it's at. It always used to be that way. Staying in the same place for six, seven, eight years is very unique. Yeah, to like the modern WWE, it just never happened at any other time, and it shouldn't ever happen. It's boring. Yeah, I mean, these guys I turn babyface and heel three times, switch I mean, shows. Oh, oh, he's a sm- he's on Team Blue now. Oh, that it, fucking's awesome.
0: Dolph Ziggler <laughs> is in his 40th year with WWE.
2: I believe that is correct.
1: <laughs> so make sure to tune into our Extreme Rules post show this one... Sunday. <laughs> Sunday night. Hey, I think <laughs> it should be a good time.
2: I think people like at least when we make fun of it.
1: So. Well, it'll be it'll be a fun show. It always is. But yeah, we will be streaming live on YouTube Sunday night immediately after Extreme Rules. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Friday night, we'll be doing our bonus show for Patreon, Top Rope Nation Extra. Uh, that will be on Spotify Green Room. You can listen live. That one you can't watch. But if you get the Spotify Green Room app, search Ryan Drosty, follow me. I will invite you to the live room when we record. But the podcast version... Available exclusively uh Friday night on uh Patreon. So check that out. Uh so hey, they they announced the full card for the two hour edition of Rampage this Friday night, which again I'll be going live after the fact to talk about. Uh and here is the lineup. We've got Anna J taking on Penelope Ford. We've got the little <laughs> Booker T said. we got the uh, lucha bros taken on or the lucha bros and santina santana and ortiz take it out private party and the butcher and the blade cm punk versus powerhouse hobbs jericho and jake hager versus ethan page at scorpio sky adam cole and the young bucks taken on christian cage and jurassic express and in the main event moxley and kingston taken on lance archer and minoro suzuki that is Suzuki Goon for those of you keeping score at home. So a hell of a card. That is for that Friday is a night.
2: Sweet show, man. Jesus, uh, six great okay. matches.
1: They're taping it right now as we are live on the air.
2: Dan Lambert's got to come out with a tennis racket, right? in Arthur Ashe stadium, just to do the full yes. on troll of course. Yes. Like he's got, and he's got to come out and like, just so Jericho can come out and say, what kind of asshole would have a tennis racket. In the rest the <laughs> right. I mean, that's like a given. Come on. Make the uh, layup AEW.
1: Before we get to this main event, we had a question in the chat. Uh, who do you think will be the first AEW wrestler to jump to WWE? Uh, I mean, Right now, God willing, like Brian Cage. Brian Cage, probably right. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going mean, to say he's, too.
2: You know, I mean, it seems like he's the first one to have some consternation with the booking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know though, because I think what brought the unique stuff that Brian Cage brings, because he he's a big guy, he's got that WWE body, but he does work in indie style, right? And they're going to flush that right out of him. They don't want him to work like that if he's a big guy. So I don't know if that would be. They might look at that and be like, yeah, that's not a great guy. He's older. So I don't know. I don't know who it'll be, to be honest with you. Why
1: would you want to go to WWE? I mean, if I'm a young wrestler, I can't imagine wanting to go there. If you're an older wrestler, you want a big payday, you know, the big stage. It makes sense. But, you know, yeah, if you're in your early 30s and younger, I can't really imagine wanting to go there i mean and all of the reports have said the same that it's not really the destination among that generation right now i mean there's a viable alternative that is much more exciting right now and you can still make good money you can work a light schedule it it wouldn't make sense for me to go to go that direction but yeah i agree
2: with daniel ortiz in the chat this thing that just came up moving him off team taz was a death knell hmm Yeah. As, as a single baby face, mm, has it worked? I, I thought he was great in Team Taz. I yeah. thought just him standing there, you know, opposite side of the screen is Hobbs. Ricky Starks is smiling. Hook is looking like his usual cool self and Taz cutting promos. That was a great presentation. I think breaking uh cage off on his own has hurt him more than yeah. helped. Usually that's not the case for guys.
1: Yeah. Baker and Soho main event
2: destination.
1: This This was an interesting dynamic because Baker, I guess technically is a heel, but you know, they've kind of taken it on that. She's the cool heel. That's going to get cheered still, even though like she cheats to win, which she did here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then of course, Ruby Soho got a great pop from the live crowd. How can you not with that entrance theme, the rancid theme song? It was, it was great. Uh, yeah, I thought they had a nice match. And, you know, in the end, I, I just found the the crowd dynamic very interesting uh, during this one. And Kyle, you put it out there in our Facebook group. Are we going to see a title change? And well, we just because, but,
2: yeah, just yeah, because it, it was going on last. Right. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, are they going to do something big? But what they did was the right call. You know, there is that old TNA impact perception, you know they would get someone from WWE and they just put them right over at the top and it would make their existing homegrown talent look bad. You didn't want to beat Ruby Soho like clean as a sheet out of the gate. But I think, you know, she's someone who remember, you know, we're not casting a spursure. She was fired. It's not like she was like Brian Danielson who chose to leave. And I, I think, Perception wise, you don't want to just rush the title onto someone like that, especially beating someone like Britt Baker, who's one of your top homegrown stars. So yeah, Britt retaining via cheating was the right call. You could do a rematch at the pay-per-view if you want. Obviously, she's been wronged and um, yeah, do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. The, The right person won. Uh, it felt a little anticlimactic. climatic They protected Ruby a little bit, you know, with the, it's a numbers game. Um, the I guess the only thing I wish they'd maybe had is a little bit more time to put on a little bit more of a, a banger of a match. Maybe take some of the time away from MJF and Pillman and, you know, give it to the ladies. But mm-hmm. other than that, it, it felt like the, the right outcome.
1: Yeah. Look, look at, look at Ruby Soho, you know, <laughs> She's someone who we always thought, we talked about her on the podcast, you know, back when she was with WWE as someone who is unique, always got a great crowd response. They never did anything with her. I mean, even the riot squad was always like very over and they never did anything with her. And so then they release her and then she's sitting at home for several months. She comes out at all out, gets that massive reaction. Then here she is headlining this biggest show in the history of AEW, like attendance wise, what I mean, Talk about, she said it on the show that getting released by WWE was, uh she said on the bill, like on Rampage last week, that this was the best thing that ever happened to her. No doubt about it. I mean, what a turnaround.
2: Yeah, and the frustrating thing about her and WWE when you look back is, if you're a smart person and you understand the way WWE works, you knew they weren't going to do anything with her. Mm-hmm. Right? I think like when the Riot Squad first got called mm-hmm. off, I said, guys, I don't want to be you know, the bearer of bad news, but I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I just didn't see the riot squad being pushed because I just, you know, have a feel for what Vince McMahon
1: likes and what he's going to push. I thought because of live in the group, maybe, but yeah,
2: but maybe, but like still, I was just like, I don't know, just you could tell from like kind of how they were positioned early that it was just a mid card women's act. And yeah, she's another one. Got to be feeling good about what she's done. She I'm sure that was a shoot when she said getting fired is the best thing that happened
1: to me yeah yeah so as we mentioned uh baker won it was it was shenanigans there was uh, a lot of interference from the outside uh rebel came up had a distraction hater was on the apron distracting and uh when that happened sh- i think it was wasn't it hater she dropped soho over the top rope yeah and then uh mm-hmm. baker dropped She's- her applied the lock got the win So can
2: I make a hard hard right turn or no?
1: Go ahead. Okay.
2: I just, I was just seeing, because you were talking about Rampage. I was like, yeah, let's see if anyone's talking about what's going on during the show. We don't, I I guess we won't do spoilers, but I saw this absolutely atrocious quote (laughs) from Becky Lynch.
1: Oh no, Becky. Yeah.
2: I don't care. I don't care if everyone loves her. I'll rip her. I'll rip her because that's that's how objective I am. I'll rip anybody. I'll rip the biggest names (laughs) in this industry. I don't give a damn. I'll walk right to Titan. You better be careful.
1: This is my daughter's favorite wrestler.
2: I'll walk right to Titan Towers. I'll rip Vince McMahon. You know me. (laughs) I have a decent job. I'll live. Becky Lynch. Fans remembers the story. Not flips and Canadian Destroyers. This is a headline on Fightful Wrestling.
1: What? But WWE doesn't do stories anymore.
2: Exactly. What's <laughs> the <a> problem. <laughs> this is a worm brain. This is Vince saying yes. Make that story. You know, with the you know, like the gun to the back of her head. Yes. Say rip on Canadian destroyers and put over how stories are important. Yes, they are. We agree. That's like the one thing <laughs> WWE's right about. But you know what the problem is? WWE's stories are cow manure.
1: <laughs> they don't do it. They just constantly what's change. What's the all great? The
2: time. What's the great story? going into extreme rules
1: the return of the demon only to lose
2: <laughs> that story's no good either you mean the you mean uh the same guy who tapped out in a brawl as the baby face, and then lost clean in a singles match when his finisher was basically no-sold. Oh, but he's the... How hokey was that promo when they started flashing that demon on his face? That stunk. And if you like that kind of stuff, I'm going to be very honest with you. You and I view professional wrestling through a very different lens.
1: Hey, man. I said it before. I'll say it again. This podcast, early years of this podcast, five years ago, we were very positive on WWE. This is an objective show. There were so many times that we came on. And Kyle would say, the World Wrestling Federation has done it again. And we were so positive on some of the stuff they were doing. We're objective, though. It's freaking terrible right now. I'm sorry. And- I,
2: just, I just hate this quote so much. It's still on my phone. I just looked down on it. And I actually got more mad looking down and just rereading the <laughs> words. Like, because it's just something like, right? Like, Justin, you know this. Like, they just, like, shove their stars out to rip on Canadian destroyers. <laughs> because that's basically like just this vague way of ripping on the indies. But the the irony of WWE, it's not just that their stories suck. It's they're the promotion that then overcompensates with moves and try to go above and beyond in, in the ring once you get to the pay-per-views. Yeah. Because their stories stink. And, you know... And I don't get into those matches. You're right. It's not about Canadian Shorts because they're the ones who will like try to do the big moves. But I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about this match.
0: It reeks of of not being a part of the actual hot wrestling product. Yeah.
2: Can I click on this? And let me see if I can do anything here. Okay. Lynch is... What a thing. the connection with the crowd is the most important thing. It's more than just moves. I agree. It's more important to be able to connect with the audience. I agree with what you're Dude, saying. But the
1: connection with the crowd, there is no comparison between WWE and, and uh yes. and AEW right now. Like we were just at the AW pay-per-view, and the way that crowd reacts in the feel in that arena. I've been to WWE shows recently too, pre-pandemic, a lot of them. It is a whole different feeling. I mean, this AEW thing right now is just on a whole different level with connection to the crowd and the audience. It's it's not even comparable. And by the way, this is a hard right turn to let me just throw this out there because I saw this the other day. I I don't care. We're almost done. So I'm gonna throw it out there because I thought about it. Is there anything worse? Then these people on social media who go into the the replies of a wrestler. Did you see the story about Dave Meltzer had wrote about people leaving the arena during that Charlotte Alexa Bliss segment? And then yes. I think someone else said, "Oh, that isn't true." And then Alexa Bliss called called him out and and she called Dave out and said he was lying or something. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We've been very complimentary to Alexa on this show since her, the start of her run in 2016.
2: Not so this much is, lately. This is hard <laughs> I mean, for the this,
1: course. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've still said she plays the character well. It's just the character sucks. But I'm not calling her out. I'm calling out <laughs> the people in her replies because you see that's this all the that. time to WWE people. Is there anything worse than these people that when they call out like a wrestling report or something, they're in the replies, like, get them queen and all this oh, stuff? Like, they're just hideous. trying trying their hardest for alexa bliss to like like the tweet come on it is so pathetic
2: that is sad
1: (laughs) they're all like just coming after dave then when she tweets it, i'm like jesus is terrible but yeah i kind of wish
2: 1500 people would have left why didn't they (laughs) (laughs) you know um to bring the focus back to the athletes here uh daniel ortiz uh actually took the words kind of right out of my mouth uh, where he put the in, in our comments here, WWE has a handful of overacts. Seventy-five to eighty percent of AEW's rosters over. I completely agree. Remember, we were talking about this. I don't know if it was just on air or in the car after All Out. It just feels like everybody's over in AEW, and, is- and yeah. And is it the appropriate spot on the card, right, to go back to that? Where WWE, all everyone does is, because the top of the card's not strong, everyone's like, this guy should be pushed more. Or this guy fucking sucks. Why is he even on TV? You don't really get that in AEW. Uh, So leave your Canadian Destroyer smack at home. (laughs) Okay, and I'm going to tell you something right now, who could come over and have dinner at my house anytime, is this Tim Jensen.
1: (laughs) Because this guy... Well, this, guy, I mean, is this great. guy just
2: absolutely rips the wwe i love when sometimes i'll post to the facebook group like oh man i was kind of harsh towards wwe and that and then he like goes even harder
1: tim we need more in, people like in the tim right
2: jensen now. or tim J, as it says in the chat room
1: yeah tim's a great man uh <laughs> but i mean this is this is how it was in the attitude era right with like every guy on the card was doing something that you cared about and we've we've talked about on the show is the attitude era overrated you go back you know you watch those shows top to bottom not always great but the crowd responded to everybody and there was always a story going on with everyone on that card that you were invested in the character and they haven't had that in so long but AEW does have that right now and that's why it's so fun to follow
2: even if someone's not at the top of the card in AEW you can still emotionally invest in them Mm -hmm. and not you know have that emotional investment stomped on, or like thrown back in your face when it doesn't work out. Like the you're WWE, such an idiot. We're gonna make him lose. Yeah. Like yes. I mean, I mean, imagine like actually thinking Finn Balor's gonna win this Sunday. Or Dude, it is like they book like great. they hate
1: their audience. It's like they yes. book like they hate their audience and, all the time.
2: And <laughs> it's I've never seen a promotion that does a better job of making such a high percentage of its roster feel insignificant, like the modern WWE. Mm -hmm. like my god if they want to make someone seem not significant they are so good at that they're like look at this loser who just lost (laughs) (laughs) and you're a loser for rooting for him
1: well with that said we will be reviewing extreme rules (laughs) (laughs) this sunday night it should be a fun show i mean hey man it's going to be a fun watch tune into our youtube channel join us live youtube.com slash top rope nation we will be reviewing the show sunday night live after the fact As I said earlier, I will be live on the green room app Friday night, reviewing this week's rampage that will drop as a podcast exclusively on Patreon link is in the podcast description. Be honored to have your support on Patreon. You get all this bonus content. Yes. All this bonus content from us, like the one night only show that we just did with Liam O'Rourke, which is dropping here in the next couple of days. Hell, it might drop 24 hours from now. I'm I'm getting pretty close and mixing that. And, uh, I think I said this on the pod last week. I'm going to repeat myself. We had the goal, 25 patrons got us the unreleased Kyle solo pod. The next goal is 40 patrons. When we get to 40 patrons, I'm releasing for the first time ever an interview I did with Bobby the Brain Heenan in 2002. It was the first interview I ever did as a member of the wrestling media. Not often that you get an unreleased, unheard interview with a legend like Bobby the Brain Heenan. I have it. It's on a cassette tape. I'm going to digitize it. I'll put it out on Patreon the minute we get 40 patrons. Join up. Get all that bonus p- content over pretty close to 50 bonus shows available right now the minute you sign up and get us closer to that goal. So I can release this thing because it was a great interview. Bobby Heenan was awesome in that interview. Uh, I talked to him for like a half hour. A lot of good stuff. You're going to want to hear it. So and, when we get,
2: and when we get to 50, Justin's going to do the shit naked. <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yes anything for patrons uh, he did not call me a ham and egger but he did flush the toilet at one point in the interview when i asked him for his opinion on a certain person i did like a rapid fire thing with him at the end of the interview it's pretty funny so uh which is
2: where i stole that gimmick from when ryan told me that story about the interview yes
1: indeed <laughs> so that's gonna drop on patreon when we get to 40 patrons So that's the next goal thank you to everybody who is supporting us there? Thank you to everyone who is tuning into this live broadcast. Everyone who subscribes on the podcast feeds means a lot. You can follow the show. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. You can find me at Ryan Drosty. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Justin is at Justin Joint. J-O-Y-N-T. Kyle is at T-R-P. Kyle. Anything else you guys wanted to say before we wrap? New York belongs to AEW. <laughs>
2: Bron breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted
1: to say that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, thanks for checking in with our uh, AEW Dynamite Grand Slam post show. We'll be talking to you again real soon.